Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor who also portrayed the character of Andrew Sims in the fifth season of the 90s television series Sisters, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Oh my God, and myself. <laughs> Your your favorite eternal ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. You were wondering what the heck I was leading up to. You're like, what is he talking about? That is very funny that you pulled it. I, I was like, Andrew, whatever the name was. That you Andrew said. Sims. Yeah. Sims. And I was like, wait a minute. What? I did that. <laughs> I could not recall. And it's so funny you mentioned sisters. <laughs> yeah. Because when I, I played tennis with Jim Conway recently, did he our direct director? That? Oh no, but he well he yes he did direct Sisters. I think oh he produced God. it as well, or oh he worked my. at the studio. Oh my god! Because he and I, he brought that up, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, I did that show. <laughs> and so we were just talking about Sisters, That's me and Jim funny. Conway. Yeah, which is one of those like obscure little soapy. Yeah, you know, eighties, nineties shows. Yeah, were your scenes with Susie Kurtz, Sela Ward, Julianne Phillips, Patricia Callenberg? Like, who who were they with? Did you remember? I don't um, remember. Oh my goodness, I, I don't even remember the story. I remember. Were you, shooting, were you a love interest? Were you a love? I think interest? I was like a temporary, like an episodic love interest, potential love interest. Okay, I think there was a daughter character. One yeah. of the sisters had a daughter. Right who was on a date with this. I think I was maybe only in one or two scenes. Like I, yeah. I went and met them at their house yeah, and then went out to a restaurant with them. And we filmed it at Warner brothers in the commissary at night. Oh, nice. I, I do remember <laughs> filming it in the commissary. Cause I was like, that served this as the crazy. restaurant, right? That yeah. was the restaurant. They, made, oh, they it. made it. And, and eventually when I'm directing and producing Chuck at Warner brothers, a few years later, or yeah. 10, 15 years later. Yeah. Uh, we use that commissary all the time for restaurants. That's insane. So every, every time I'd go in there with Chuck to film yeah. a scene, I'd go, oh, I remember the first time when I did Sisters and I was in this. In this commissary. We did the same thing. Yeah. Did Paramount rent out their commissary to TV shows as well? I don't recall I think that. they did. But, you know, in Star Trek, we never had contemporary. We, like, yeah, all of our sets. stuff. We could not. We couldn't. It was very rare that we went to like the back lot to film or right. anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But we did okay. have our cat, our Christmas party at the commissary for Star Trek. When we did, we did last season. Yes. When I couldn't, uh, when my nightclub connections fell through, uh, Oh, that's right. The, you had a, you had I, a, it was a all hookup. set up and then we got bumped because someone else came in with more money. So I was like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? Cause I, I got a, I got us a deal on well, that, the garden that of Eden Christ was what it was. Yeah. So that, that Christmas party, yeah. was kind of the cast gift to the crew. That's where it was. Yes, correct. We wanted to have have something that where it was really fun for everybody at Christmas and yeah. they could bring their kids yeah. and dance. And and uh, we ended up at the commissary. That's and right. It was great. And we ended up getting that indoor, that inflatable laser tag thing yeah. for the kids. Do you remember I, that? I do remember that. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so um, it was a good time. It was a good, good plan time. B, backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, so this week's episode is Survival Instinct. We just came off of watching a, a very tense-filled Equinox Part 1 and 2 with a highly questionable oh morality story, basically. Yes. <laughs> Ethics, morality involved. And now we're on to Survival Instinct. So Season um, 6, Garrett. Season 6, man. Second episode of Season 6. I can't believe we've already come this far. It's, it's I can't either. I yeah. really can't. Yeah. I feel like in this podcast journey, yeah. I'm having similar feelings to when we did the show. Cause I remember when we came into season six, we started to go, Oh, we're on the downhill side. Like we <laughs> yes. we kind of knew we see the we, finish line. We saw the, finish yeah, line. yeah. Once we got a couple seasons in, we, we felt pretty confident we were going to make it the typical seven that yes. that was what Paramount wanted out of the Star Trek shows back then right. seven right. seasons. Right. So we had a lot of confidence in those middle years that, oh, yeah, we got years of this. But then yeah. by season six, we were all kind of coming in going, oh, yeah, this is the downhill. We're we got to start thinking about plans, future plans. Yeah, because yeah. that was uh, 
season six is is that 99 or 2000 at that point maybe 2000 well, probably 99 and 2000 over yeah, that yeah. spread yeah all righty so let's go uh let's go watch this and uh, we'll be let's right back with our recap and discussion of the episode survival instinct Robbie and I are back from watching Survival Instinct. And yes, you, we are. Yeah, you were right. Ron Moore wrote. There. I can't believe it. And I was right on my backup, Terry Wendell. So I got Oh, that that's one. crazy. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So we both kind of got Terry it Wendell. Mm -hmm. Terry, I looked up, he he ended up directing like 10 episodes of our show. Yeah. But it's interesting because he he directed 10 of our show, yeah. one of Enterprise. Mm. And then nothing else again. He's done. He went back to visual effects. No uh, way. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So our show was really the, you know, the only directing except for one episode of Enterprise that he ever did, which is kind of interesting. I'm, I'm curious why. It's also interesting that I didn't know when I looked at his vis visual effects credits. I maybe I knew back when we did the show but I had forgotten that yeah. he was in the VisFX department on Masters of the Universe. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So Michael Westmore, Terry Wendell, um, all these. A lot people. of our crew. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people. Anthony DeLongis, my old Anthony, teacher, yeah. and yeah, and also, um, gosh, what was Anthony's Remember name Cooper, on our show? Remember Cooper, the redheaded electrics uh, electrician. He was the lighting guy. I think it was Brian Cooper Coop. Yeah. To call him. What about he Coop? was on Masters? He he what? He got, yeah. No. Yeah. Coop was running of, the uh the Voyager um football pool for many, many years after yeah. we wrapped the show. So Coop and I stayed in touch for a while. Oh, that's funny. um yeah, that's so there's a it's a small world, it's a masters small reunion, world. is what it is. Yes, it is. Okay, okay. So written by Ron Moore, season yeah. six, he's in show running for a brief moment. Yeah. Uh directed by Terry Wendell. Uh, let's talk about our guest stars real quick. Sure. Guest stars, we had Vaughn Armstrong again. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, he's uh, he, he's another one of Berman's faves, I guess. Oh you know, yeah, he's He's a workhorse. He is a he's, workhorse. My he's goodness. done a ton of things outside of Star Trek, but right. he has done probably as much, if not more than any other actor in terms of different roles on different shows and yes. different movies. But I will say in this episode, this is probably the least amount of prosthetics he's had on his face because usually right. he's covered. Well, on Enterprise, so, he was a human. He oh, was he a human? Oh, yeah, he was okay. a general or something. Oh, oh look at that. He probably got to did be a human dozen... There. Yeah, a dozen episodes yeah. of Enterprise. Okay. Yeah, um, I love Vaughn Armstrong, by the way. Vaughn is great. So Most people fun. know him. I said, I'm not going to go through his whole resume, but we'll talk yeah. about his very first job. I would love to know that. 1977. Oh, my god. He gosh. did an ABC weekend special called The Gold Bug. <laughs> and those were Saturday morning live action little stories i actually did an abc weekend special yeah yeah, yeah. called jeter mason and the magic headset later though not 1977 not 1977 no when you were 13 like 84 and I was, yeah it was probably yeah 84 yeah. 85 something okay. like that wow look at that yes the gold <laughs> bug that was his auspicious beginnings all right and then we have bertilla damas and what I didn't realize, so Bertilla was, uh, she played three of nine or Marika Wilkara was her, yeah, her that's right. Uh, you know, individual name, but yes. her Borg name was three of nine. Three of nine, yeah. Bertilla was born in Cuba. Uh, her very first job was on a telenovela called Angelica Mi Vida. She played Marta Machado. So a soap opera. Angelica? My life is what that Angelica yeah. Mi Vida. Mi Vida, my life. Okay. But here's the crazy thing. I watched this episode, didn't make any connection because she had prosthetics on basically right. the whole time. Right. What I didn't realize is I worked with her after Voyager two times I directed her. <laughs> you directed her twice after Voyager? Yes, I directed her um... on a series called The Nine where she was a recurring character. Oh my goodness. Uh, it was about bank robbers on ABC. Okay. And then I uh, directed her on a show called The Red Band Society, which was about uh, children's hospital ward. Wow. And she played the mom of one of the kids. And I directed a big episode with her in that. So 
And she didn't bring up anything about she Voyager didn't bring when, it up. I didn't bring she probably didn't make the connection. She didn't either make the, I'm sure she didn't. I had no scenes with yeah, her in this true. episode. That's true. It was also and yeah, and I was a director, not an actor. So I don't know why she would have, but yeah, uh, Bertilla has worked a lot, and I've yeah. I've worked with her uh now Twice. on other shows. Three, yeah. Yes. Oh wow. Tim Kelleher was four of nine, or Pachan was his. Uh, individual name but his yeah. board name four of nine his very first job was in 1988 yes. in a horror film called graveyard shift two <laughs> okay that was his beginning i, I wonder because that's not a very common last name and the only other person that i know who has that name is the CEO of Southwest Airlines. I wonder if there's any relation. They're probably related somewhere. I think Tim Kelleher was from the Bronx. He's from New York, so. Okay. And he's, I think he's married now to a very successful author, writer, Canadian writer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think Tim has also written some books, I noticed as well. Okay. We could talk about these actors in, you know, forever, but but his first job was uh, Graveyard Shift 2, the classic horror film. I love it. We also had Scarlett Palmer's in the the show. Mm -hmm. Love when she's in the show. And we had another actor named Jonathan Breck played the dying Borg. He was the one that had that moment where seven, you know, he died in her arms and looking in her eyes and uh, Jonathan Breck played that. His first job was in 1998. So he just started acting right before this yes before this episode 1998 a tv movie called i married a monster huh yes all right and that was with uh richard berge i think and susan walters Mm. classic tv i've worked with both of those actors before jonathan breck there you go there's our actors okay thank you for that uh, information let us now do our poetry synopsis Okay, here's my haiku for survival instinct. Here we go. Yes, sir. Ex-Borg drones still linked. Tom and Harry kick rackets. <laughs> Not much time, but free. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, sad, that, too. That, yeah, and it got Tom and Harry in there, which is it did. That was maybe my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> that was. scene. I said, scene hands so down, good. the best scene in this episode was yes. Tom and Harry. I'm, I'm oh, not going to lie. It was I, a good I scene. I agree with you. I agree with you. And even if I wasn't, if I didn't play Tom, uh, if I didn't play Tom, if I didn't play Harry <laughs> yes. and you didn't play Tom, I would still say that was the best scene. In it the was a good episode. scene. Yeah, it was funny. It was wonderful. Uh, here we go with our limerick synopsis. Yes, please. For survival instinct. Mm-hmm. Seven is visited by her past collective. Becoming individuals is their only objective. Tom and Harry broke some bones. Seven learned to link the drones. Just surviving or thriving is actually very subjective. Oh, thinking man's limerick there. I like that. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Let's jump right right into this. Right in. First scene, we get this aerial shot of some planet. We don't know what's going on. Very lush, though. Very very lush lush planet. Yeah, Mm. jungly. We see a Borg sphere flying into the atmosphere, and it crashes and explodes in the distance. It was a cool shot. Yeah, I like it. We cut to the wreckage Mm. in the jungle. We see some Borg searching through the wreckage. Yeah. And then we reveal seven of nine in full Borg. Yes. Seven's in full Borg. Bet she loved that. Oh, I bet she hated that. <laughs> uh, yes. They, cynical. <laughs> they all gather up near this uh, injured drone and assess the situation. And they're, you know, the, their ship is, you know, in pieces. And yes. their link has been severed from the yes. collective. Yes. And they talk in unison, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, Von Armstrong and Bertilla and they and and Jerry, they all talk in unison saying no directional coordinates available. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, they're they're still kind of talking with each other, but they say they're not linked. They don't know where they are. Right. And my first thought was, wow, they're all talking. Normally, when we see drones, they never speak. That's correct. Like usually it's, you know, they're it's just like Jerry talking and they're silent. Right. They're like automatons. Yeah. So already it was like, oh, these are going to be characters because they don't usually let 
write lines for Borgs unless they're going to be part of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they uh, they all assess the situation. They they yeah. realize, or Seven realizes, that part of the sphere is going to explode. So they decide to skedaddle and get out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we jump to a captain's log. And, they, we hear and by two, the way, they, yep. when they skedaddle, they drag that injured drone. Yeah, they take the injured them. drone with them. That's right. Because that's going to be important later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we get a captain's log. Yeah. Uh, now we have a captain's log from Janeway saying that we have docked at the Marconian outpost. And Janeway's agreed to mutual visits. So basically, it's sort of like open house on open Voyager. House, exactly so like, what I said. Open yeah. ship. It's like, come on down. Take a look. It's a party. Know? Cultural it's, exchange. She oh talks about this goodness. cultural exchange. Yeah, there's so um, many people. By the way, on the aerial shot, the space shot, when yeah. we see Voyager docked, yeah. I thought, oh, we're at a space station. And yeah. Ron Moore just took over the show from right. DS9, a space oh, station. I was yeah. like, look at that connection. Oh, I wonder if this story came out of, he was in the yes. in the headspace of, oh, uh, space stations. Yes. People always have to come and. Right. And, I don't know. And this was his segue into Voyager from DS9 yeah. to Voyager. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. What uh, also, the, when you do see Voyager docked, it's got that lovely sunset glow oh yeah, <laughs> well, yeah it's beautiful it's got, lighting it's that sunset beautiful lighting that golden shot. hour yeah it's really yeah. it looks really cool definitely so anyway in this captain's log other than knowing that you know the ship is open to anybody she mm-hmm. also notes that tuvok has objected to the fact that there are so many visitors on the ship he's not happy about that mm-hmm. and um and now we cut over to the bridge and yep. it is so cr- I've never seen the bridge that crowded. There's people everywhere. And uh, by the way, I thought this is our bridge. Like I've been onto <laughs> yeah. the bridge of ships before because <laughs> yeah. I've been able to film on them or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> They're very careful about yeah, they, the bridge. Like yeah, do not touch, do yes. not, you know. Right. And here we've got like 50 <laughs> Yeah. unknown aliens just right. bouncing around yeah. i'm with tuvok on this yeah like, what agree. are we doing i agree i mean doing? i mean there's field trips going on left and right and come on yeah. it's a but then we see chakotay uh walking through the crowd and the minute i funny. saw him holding that i go oh that thing i remember i, I remember do remember that, that thing yes that prop which evidently, you know, he talks about it being super heavy, but you know, it, it was plastic, and you can tell it looks like it's plastic yeah. too. So, uh, but he's trying to make his way through, and it's so awkward. Um, it's falling all over the place. He finally makes his way to the captain's ready room and enters, where we find Janeway being somewhat devoured by this plant in a way it's sitting on her desk it's all over her it's in her hair it's on her face and she just Mm -hmm. she can't even she's but the thing is she's in she's in a great mood she's she's, really she's got good energy her energy is totally yeah she's she's happy she doesn't mind that the plant's sort of grabbing at her and chakotay says look look what i've got this really awkward gift from the kinbori the thing that chakotay was carrying reminds me of like you know, sometimes you see in people's yards those wind wind art. Wind chime. It's like wind. yeah, it's like you put something in your yard and it's yeah. got different different uh, things that will rotate around at yes. different levels. Yes, it reminded me of one that. of those. Like, everything's yes. turning and what you know, it's but it's all connected to this center post or something. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, that or some really weird alien menorah, like you know the the mm. Jewish candles. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is happening here? But um, so this is a gift from the Kinbori delegation and evidently mm-hmm. it's used in some type of ritual game that they play. Um, so then Janeway and, and, and Chakotay banter for a second, then Tuvok enters and he's, he's got this look on his face where he's very annoyed and he has a pad and on this pad, he hands the Janeway is his security report, yep. which has all these infractions and the people, things have been pilfered, you know, th- things are broken, things are stolen, yes, there's some missing. stolen oh, things yeah. like the, the, it's got some damage to the ship scanner relays. Yeah. Crew members, personal items have been taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Janeway's still very, very she's uh, like, well, relaxed about it. Yeah, it's she's not still that big of a deal. Still thinks this is a good idea. By the way, she mm. says to Jacote, she's got some, she says, we should give them a gift. And she hands Jacote, it looks like a binder with like a like a it, technical manual. I was like, 
What is that? Like a, is that like a manual for something? Is she giving away like how Are you ship? giving away how our ship works? What is that? Is that her journal? I, don't I know was going to say that it was a signed script. <laughs> it it was looks a like a signed script. script. Yeah. I was going to say it maybe it was a, you know, maybe the whole crew of Voyager got together and made a and calendar. It was like yeah. a, like a firefighter's <laughs> calendar that we posed for them, you know, or something. Maybe so it was a voice. So did I, did I pose seductively with my clarinet in one, yes, I in think one you month did. like that where I was holding I think it? You did. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you're leaning up against your, 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 what is it? You're leaning up against the con. Yeah. I'm man no, spreading. No. no, no. The car that you're working on. What kind of car oh, was the, that? What was that? It was a truck. Camaro. In and there was a Camaro. In yeah. The, the Camaro. Yeah. So maybe you're kind of like, you know, you're leaning up against your Camaro. Camaro. Yeah. In our, That's in what our, it is. Yeah, I like in that. our calendar, the Voyager calendar that we <laughs> give, we give them as a gift because that's yes. going to really impress them. They'll love that. Uh, <laughs> so, and every time Janeway says, "Well, it's not a big deal," Tuvok goes, "There's another page," <laughs> and she goes, yeah. "Oh, okay. Well, that's well, these are a little bit more serious, but I'm still fine with it." She's There's fine yet with another it. page. Yeah, so it keeps on going. Tuvok um, finally says, "Well." <laughs> I am pleased that you're pleased. You're pleased. <laughs> but the way he says it is just so, so awkward. so opposite of how he so dry. feels. Oh, yeah. So dry. So dry. Yep. I love at the very end. She's, she says, Chicote, it's got me by the hair. Yeah. Cut over and she's like tangled up in the plant. It's a funny scene. I, 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 it is. I like the energy of the scene as we started. It was good. It is. And all, all I could think about with that plant is that plant basically was like a cat. You know, cats are just all over the place. And just, yes. yeah, that's, yes. that's, that's what I felt. That's what I felt. Nice. All right. Um, astrometrics. Mm-hmm. And we have seven of nine, busy, 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 completing her analysis of the station's power conversion matrix. And little Naomi is there saying, you know, it's now 1245 at lunch. It's, it's, it, you, you, you said we would have lunch. Yeah. And uh, seven's like, no, this is going to take me for a while. Take me a while to finish this um, analysis. All I could I think of, it. Yeah, yeah. All I could think of when I watched these scenes with Seven and Scarlet Palmer's and yeah. Jerry Ryan, yeah. Jerry's in like seven inch heels, and she's already six feet tall, basically. <laughs> and Scarlet, I forgot how young she was. Like, yeah, something about her in this scene with these scenes with Jerry, the height difference is mm-hmm. insane. In fact, there's a later scene in the hallway where they had to put the camera down real low yeah, in order to be able yes. to hold that's right. the two of them walking in the hallway. I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's really low. But then I went, they oh. They placed that on the ground, basically. Yeah, she's yeah. two feet tall and <laughs> Jerry's six, seven feet tall with yeah. her heels. Yeah. But it's cute. I love these scenes. It brings out good stuff yeah. in Seven with, Definitely. with Scarlet there. Uh, Naomi says to Seven, you promised. And at that point, Seven relents and says, fine, we'll go. We now catch up with them in the corridor, which is still filled with these guests everywhere. And it's a little much. It's sort of like, really, guys, you know, let's find like a cargo bay to kind of spread out in a little bit. because It ridiculous. felt like a nightclub, like you're trying to get down the hall of a. Of you know, like they a, were in know, line for Club Tuvok. Club I Tuvok, know that they were waiting and, and there was a there was a bouncer there and, and very exclusive. So that's, that's what it was. What, that's what it was. Uh, but clearly they're in the way. And Naomi says, excuse me, multiple times. No one listens. Seven now quickly barks out the order, stand aside. And the sea of individuals just parts. I got to say, when she says, stand aside, yeah, the, the camera did what's called a snap zoom. So they were on a long lens on a zoom. Yep. So you see all this foreground. And then she says, stand aside. And as everybody freezes and moves back, the camera quickly snapped right. out into a wide shot. Oh, uh, okay. I got to say, I didn't like that shot. Okay. I, I don't, it, it, it's one of those shots. It would have been stronger on a cut for me. If you had been in tight on seven going stand out of the way and cut hard to a to wide the, shot with everybody uh, moving back. Yeah. Would have felt more like our show. Yeah. The snap zoom where it kind of whooshes out. It feels like a 1972 low budget film or something. Oh, it just wow. didn't, I didn't like that shot. I got You didn't I, buy it. I got to be honest. You. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, be didn't, honest. That's what you're yeah. here for. Okay. Okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, good good we, point. We head to uh, Mess Hall, and um, right off the bat, there's again a thousand people in Mess Hall. We hear we see Neelix for the first time. Neelix says, mm-hmm. "I'm sorry. There's no more marsupial surprise." And all I could think about was kangaroos being 
cooked. It was like, oh my goodness. Everyone was really sad. Even our Voyager crew members, they were so were so disappointed. They hung their heads. No more marsupial Marsupial surprise. surprise. Oh my gosh. Uh, Uh, It seems like this group of people are the only ones that like Neelix's cooking (laughs) so far in the series. Uh, They seem to like it a lot more than normal. So, uh, okay. Yes. Uh, We we, uh, catch up with uh, Seven and Naomi. They're sitting down and they're eating their food. Naomi spots an alien. Do you think they were eating marsupial surprise? I don't think so. Did they get lucky and get that? The one dish that Neelix is so good at that everybody's. Yeah, I looked at their platter. It didn't look like it didn't there was look any like kangaroo marsupial. on there. No, no, no marsupial <laughs> so, surprise for Naomi no. and Seven. Oh well, marsupial surprise. Is that something that we could come up with in our store? <laughs> a dish, marsupial yes, a surprise recipe. jerky or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. So little Naomi notices an alien and says to Seven, "That's a Chevolian, right?" Uh, and then Seven says, yes, that is. And then little Naomi says, species five, two, one. And then Seven kind of gives her a little heck there. She says, your mother would not approve of this. And I don't approve of you emulating the Borg and learning Borg designations. And then Seven talks about not enjoying crowds. She's not happy about being there. Mm-hmm. And so she's done with lunch. Well, and she says, I don't down. enjoy cr- crowds. It reminds her of the Borg collective. Yes. And that's kind of important. That yeah. She's. You know, that we we establish that she's her point of view now about the Borg is she doesn't want, you, you know, Naomi to be a part of it. She doesn't. Right. It's not a good memory. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, so when they're about to leave, an alien walks up mm-hmm. and asks Seven if she is seven of nine. She says, yes, Vaughn Armstrong, Vaughn <laughs> Armstrong. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Vaughn Armstrong. And then the other thing I was thinking is the, she was everyone in that group was part of her nine people in that small, you know, Unimatrix uh, yeah. one. Wouldn't she have recognized Vaughn? You know, I mean, I would, I would, I'm sorry. If I was part of that. Well, we recognize Vaughn because we've yeah, seen we him did, at shows but, and conventions. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't in a collective with him. So yeah, you're right. If, I'm saying like, I think seven should, the, the fact that I would have liked to have seen seven had a, a little bit a, of like deja vu, like, wait a minute. Yeah. Where I can't, I can't picture, well, I don't know where to place you, but you are in my memory. I don't know how I, I some yeah. of that, but it was almost like she, this was a complete stranger. She's like, yes, I'm seven. How may I help you? And he's like, well, how about this? And he opens up this case filled with Borg synaptic relays. And then she has this rush of memories and emotions. Everything starts flowing yes. through her. And she's wondering, like, where did you get this? And he says, oh, I acquired them from a trader from Orendal 5. And I thought you being a former drone that you'd be interested in these. And she says, yes, I'll take these. Janeway, Captain Janeway will reimburse you for this. No problem. And she doesn't even give him like an invoice or anything like that. She just walks away with the, <laughs> you know, you must really a, tr- trust yeah, her. Yeah. Very, yeah, very much so. And so she's gone and she doesn't even, does, does she even say goodbye to Naomi? I don't even think she does. She's I don't kinda, think so. Just cruising. I think they both. No, Naomi no, she stays there because she asks Vaughn. Yeah. What is your name? There. He doesn't say Vaughn and he doesn't say two, which is his designation. <laughs> yes. He just looks at her and then walks away. And little Naomi says, well, how rude of you. Um, In another part of the mess hall, they now, too, has some type of telepathic conversation. Yeah, you think it's telepathic at first, and then it cuts to another woman. But because it was Vaughn Armstrong, I knew it it had to be some Borg. They still had Borg in them. <laughs> right. So we see the other two members of the Borg uh, uh, Unimatrix 1 that survived. It's number three and four that are somewhere else on the ship, clearly. Yeah. Um, and now they're talking about, okay, she's going to study them. Her regeneration alcove is in Cargo Bay 2. We should mm-hmm. prepare stage three. So they have a plan. Clearly, there's mm-hmm. some type of Ocean's Eleven going on with mm-hmm. these three. We don't know what it is yet. And now we have a bit of a flashback back to the planet surface. Mm-hmm. And uh, four of nine says that they shouldn't be desecrating the body of this drone. It's against the will of Brothera. And then the question, one of, one of the other drones says, Brothera, who is that? Who's, who's yeah, Brothera? Yeah. yeah, Vaughn answers, supernatural deity worshipped by species 571. Mm-hmm. And four says, I am a member of species 571. Two then asks four, wait, 
you just said, I, do you consider yourself to be an individual? And now this is the beginnings of yes. all the, all the little seven, and sevens. Like we're not, she's not a part of no, this. Seven, seven's going, we're not out. She's we're like, not individuals. Yeah. We're a collective. Yeah. She's like, you shut up. You shut up. You uh, no, 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 no. You know, and she's fighting it every way, but these mm-hmm. other three drones are exploring their individuality now, the beginnings of their individual or their old individuality. Mm-hmm. So good scene. We jump over to Cargo Bay 2, where we have a scene with Torres and Seven, and Torres is there to help. Yeah, which us. is very rare. We don't see Balana helping Seven. And not in the very cargo often. bay. She's usually in engineering, if you see yeah. the two of them, right? But I also have to note, we have once again Torres and her curly hair. Fluffy maybe she, hair. Maybe she's still thinking about Burke or something. Or uh, I don't no. <laughs> maybe your maybe favorite guy, Burke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, basically, Torres says, "Look, it's just a standard Borg synaptic relay." Seven goes, "No, there's there's something else going on here. There's more with this." I was overwhelmed. Yeah, images, memories, sounds. And Torres says, well, maybe it's just nostalgia that you experience. Uh, Sentimental feelings about the past. And Seven snaps at her. Snaps at her. I don't know what that is. Yeah, she's really. Yes, I understand nostalgia. Yeah. It's not nostalgia. And Bolana's like, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm out of here. here. Yeah. Yeah. And then then Seven uh, stops her before she leaves. And she she apologizes. Kind kind of apologizes. And Bolana says, you know, uh, you may not have nostalgia, but you've got some kind of strong feelings about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we jump to mess hall. Yep. And we have the three X drones are discussing whether or not to proceed with their plan. Four mm-hmm. is hesitant. Four things. And they're, and they're speaking telepathically. So yes. it's another, yeah. at the beginning, yeah. another reminder that they are connected they're still, still somehow, connected. but but they don't have the board, just to be clear. Right. They've got scars all over their face yeah. and things, but you don't see any of the Borg technology. The implants are all gone, exactly. Yeah. And they are clearly not connected with the with the collective, the yeah. hive. Yeah. The hive mind is not there, but yet they can still hear each other. So it's it's a it's a mystery. We don't know why. And we jump to back to Cargo Bay 2, and Seven is asking the computer to begin a multipolar analysis. And it will take over five hours. So I guess it that is her cue to oh i'll catch a few z's have a little regeneration go regenerate yeah. which is what what our ex-board are waiting for yes. for her to get in the alcove so she goes to regenerate we cut back to the mess hall and these guys sense it because yep. they've tapped in yes the have. internal sensors so they, they sense have. it yeah they've rerouted the internal sensors we go to the bridge uh, we go to the bridge and tuvok gets an alert like he something's up. up yeah yeah. Some something's up and our security system is alerting us of something. Yeah. We cut to the turbo lift inside the three X drones, uh, two, three, and four. They're riding yeah. in the turbo lift. Aren't they some riding our, with other people? Too? Yeah, some other yes. people are okay. in there at first, then they the door opens, the other people get out, and yeah. as it shuts, three says pause or or halt yeah, hold, or hold 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 yeah. mm-hmm. and she stops the turbo lift yeah. and then they reach up as if they're going to go climb into the guts of the ship and right do something we don't know so they start yeah. reaching up to climb out yeah we go back to the bridge and now and and chakotay is approaching tuvok station and he says you know tuvok what's up what's going on and tuvok responds there was a power fluctuation in the security grid mm-hmm. so now they're dialing down on that uh, we go into Cargo Bay yeah. and our three X drones are two, three, and four. We haven't gotten their names yet. Right. And I'm going to call them two, three, and four because I Let's can't remember it. their real names. Let's do it. They climb out of some kind of panel in the Cargo Bay. Yeah. Start creeping over to seven. <laughs> uh, back on the bridge, Chukote's, uh looping Janeway into this. Yeah. They have a security breach. They don't know exactly where yet. Right. And then we go back into Cargo Bay. And they uh, are three or two, three, and four are beginning their this process, whatever they're going to do to seven. Yeah. We don't really know yet, but they take this interlink module and stick it up on her alcove. So they're beginning the interlink process of some kind. And then four is like, oh, I don't know if we should be doing this. Yeah. And three says, you know what? If we fail, we will never become individuals. So right. now we're starting to figure out like what they're they're trying to do. Yeah. They, we saw in the flashback that they were beginning to think like individuals, mm-hmm. but it hasn't happened yet. So right. clearly they need seven for some reason. Yep. 
I like that they have to take all these dramatic pauses and get consensus. They keep saying, yeah. you know, like <laughs> getting getting heated with each other, and then they stop and there's silence, and then they go, "We have consensus." Yeah. Like they've heard each other. Yeah. You know, the and three of them are connected. Yeah, and I guess they can't physically proceed with any plan unless they say consensus and they all yeah. agree. Um, I there think- must be a lot of like talking going on that we don't hear in the episode, right. Right. like. Because they say later on, like it's nonstop talking. <laughs> like I'm, I just want silence. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, two injects seven with his uh, Borg tubules into her yes, neck. They start realizing that seven is beginning to regain consciousness. She does regain consciousness, and she is not happy. She fights them off. She knocks Von Armstrong away. Uh, yeah. The other two try to grab her, but at that moment, Tuvok and a security detail run in and. Phaser RX drones and knock them unconscious, and uh, they're down on the ground. Um, I think dramatic, jump- dramatic moment with Tuvok and Seven at the end. I gotta say, like yeah. when Seven wakes up and the little fight sequence that happens there, and Tuvok yeah. coming in with the shooting him, it was not a very dynamic action sequence to me. Right? Yeah, it, it felt very like, static and it didn't move much. Yeah, it didn't move much. It was. Yeah. Uh, I agree. It was a pretty quick, quick and dirty. Yep not very dynamic there was no sense of oh my gosh seven's in trouble yeah. because she you know w- you opened know, her eyes took all three of them out yeah almost yeah but terry could have been running out of time too this could have been yeah. the last shot yeah, of the day and true. he's like look let's just let's just get this done you know this was my original plan scrap it <laughs> let's go ahead and shoot it this way quicker. yeah yeah so, for sure yeah and now do we have flashback on planet surface yeah we go back to okay. planet planet okay. surface i i thought this was some type of alien gazelle that they had um interesting but i i thought it was an animal not until i you know kept rewinding it that i realized and then i read the script also online this is a piece of the dead drone that they pick what? out yes that's disgusting. It is. It is absolutely disgusting. So, because oh, he does say something like, um, what did he say? Biomatter is biomatter. Yeah. The, bio the, bio, the yeah. biomatter is ready. They didn't they say, could... they didn't say, we are now about to eat six of nine. They didn't say that. Oh, they just that's said, gross. I didn't yeah, know that. I figured super... it was an animal too. I thought it was too. And then I read the script and it was like, yeah, they're taking a piece of the, the, the deceased drone, basically. And I was like, Ugh, yuck. Uh, anyway, three says, this reminds me of a bird I ate. And then all of a sudden, all of them start having these memories of their past. Yeah, they're having like, all these yeah. individual memories. <laughs> she remembers seven her name. even. Yeah, seven, seven even remembers. Yes. She, she says, "I remember being very afraid." Yeah, which is important, actually. That is also important. Correct. She says, "I remember being afraid." Three yes. remembers her name. She yeah. says, "I'm Marika." Marika Wakara. Wakara. Yeah. Four remembers his name, Pachan. Yep. Pachan. Yeah. Um, yep. Two remembers Lansor is his name. Mm-hmm. Is it Lancer? I think. Yeah, Lancer. And they all is start. It, is it Lancer? Sensor, sensor, Lancer, Lancer, uh, Lancer, Lancer. Okay. You want to say it the way Tuvok says it? That's yes, I, I pull a full, full, you pull full Tuvok. Tuvok? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, Lancer. But they do all say that they hate the Borg, which yes. is inter- interesting. Very much so, because they really haven't been detached from the the collective no. that long, and immediately. We hate the Borg. They're and not seven happy. at that point. She's like, this is irrelevant data. Yeah. No more access of memory files. She, yes. And she's getting heated here. Yeah, no. Translation, blasphemy. Irrelevant data was blasphemy from her yes. to the rest of the drones. Mm-hmm. Yes. She says, uh, no more access to the memory files. They do agree at this point. Okay, yeah. fine. Yep. So they're back. We think that, you know, things are back under control in that flashback. We go to the sick bay. Yeah. They're on the bio They're all our two, three, and four on the bio beds. Mm-hmm. The doctor's explaining that they had their Borg uh, technology removed, but they had a very poor surgeon. Their internal organs have been damaged a bit. Uh, they've been disconnected from the collective mm-hmm. for three or four months, he says, mm-hmm. but they're still connected as a triad. So their brains are somehow acting as an interleague node for the three of them. Yeah. And which they don't understand. What's also interesting is that on the bio beds, they're laying in order. 
two is on the first one, three's in the middle, and four is in the last biohead. So I was like, oh, isn't that cute? They're all in order. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They wake up, though. Janeway says, all right, let's try to find out what happened. How is this happening? Because the doctor doesn't understand why they're connected to each other, but they're not connected to the the collective. Correct. So they wake them up. Um, they tell Janeway that they want to be disconnected from each other, that they can't yeah. stop hearing each other's voices in their heads. Mm-hmm. And they describe being uh, connected in a collective like white noise. Uh, I, th- I think Seven right. says that actually. Yeah. It was like, it was because just, if, it, if there's millions of voices, then that's like white noise. But then when yeah, you only have three, three, you hear every single word. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that was an interesting way of describing it. Mm hmm. We do learn in the scene that eight years ago, their vessel crashed. Right. And they just, they they want to know how their subgroup was created. Seven ultimately says that maybe in her memory files, the key to understanding how this link was formed uh, might be there. And that could show them how they could undo it. If, if, if Seven could go back in her memory files. I think she also suggests to, she wants to examine the other, their, the other, Extron's memory files. Yeah, well, examine theirs. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, you know, maybe in her memory files or in their memory files, mm-hmm. they can go back. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's willing to let them access her memory files in order to figure this all out. So, yep. so seven takes our three X drones to cargo bay two. A data mm-hmm. cable is plugged into the back of four's head. And seven says, Are you ready? And four mm-hmm. is, is ready. Four says, Yes. And seven says, well, the data search is complete. Um, do you remember anything further? Four says, no. My last memory is of, of us standing around the campfire. And seven says, well, that's interesting. The data files in your cortical processor appear to be intact. I see no evidence that would explain your lapse in memory. And two also says, well, what about you? Why don't you remember what happened? Seven doesn't know. She's completely clueless as well. No. She can't. She All can't she remembers is the campfire. She does remember the campfire. Like yes, them. but but, the, but she it. also has the same lapse in memory at this point. Yep. And now uh, the, the question then comes out, um, why do they still call you seven? Vaughn Armstrong, two, asks seven this. Yeah. It says, it's like, why, why yeah, don't you use your human yeah, name, you your still, real name? And exactly. she's like, nope, I chose nope. to keep my Borg designation because right. my childhood my name. former name was not appropriate is what she yeah. says. Because I was a kid, um, basically because she was a kid and she yes. really doesn't have memories. Like That's these right. guys were adults. That when they were, when they were, when they were assimilated. Correct. So they yeah. have much bigger yeah. memory files, if yeah. you will. Then we have some interesting dialogue between three, seven, two, and four. Three says, well, I can't wait to use my real name again. And seven says, well, there's nothing preventing you from doing so. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. two says, well, except that most of the time, I don't know whether my name is Marika or Pachan or Lance or these names, these memories, they're all blending together. And they all believe that it's hard for them to really share a real emotion or have a real emotion because of the fact that they are all interlocked together, that yeah. it's not a true, a, a true individual emotion. Yeah, it's almost really, like a shared emotion. That yeah, getting. you really feel in this scene the kind of confusion and the pain, how difficult it is that it's just the three of them, like seven set in sick bay with millions of us, it was white noise. And so it was comforting, but this is, this is too small uh, a collective, the three of to just be one of three. Yes. Um, Yes. And, and they, they don't feel Borg because that would be millions and they don't feel human, which would be, or, you know, or an individual they don't feel that they're just they're nothing is basically what they say they're in between two worlds right so they're not borg they're not individuals they're right in between and this is why these three are tormented you know they want they want to get past this they want to live life the proper way yeah um we then jump to a very Fun scene, and Robbie and I both agree that this is probably the <laughs> best scene in the entire episode in Jamie's ready room. Voyager still docked. We see we see the ship still docked, and then we hear her say, "She says a friendly game." <laughs> and yes, that, and it shows Paris with a black eye. Yes. Harry Kim has a cut lip, and then Paris says, "Well, that's how it started." And so, evidently, we, you and I, were checking out the station. Yes, Tom met- and Harry are bruised up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Janeway, Janeway says something like skip the, you know, Paris has this 
this excuse of, well, we were trying to culturally exchange. And <laughs> yeah. He has this long, and she's like, skip the recruiting speech. You were looking for a bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, Kim says, yeah, yeah, we found a bar. We met a pair of Kimbori who told us about this game that they play with these big, funny looking rackets. And then Jamie goes, you mean one of those? She points behind and we both look back and in unison as a duo that we are, we both say, yeah. And I thought that was good. We, we <laughs> timed good. that well. Yes, exactly. we did. You owe me a Coke. And then um, Paris says, well, in any case, they challenged us to a game. We accepted, but I guess we weren't really aware of all the rules. Jamie goes, because you were drinking. And Paris says, yes, ma'am. You see, we thought it was a version <laughs> of tennis, but as soon as we hit we the first hit, volley, hit the yeah, back, the Kimboy they hit it to us and then we hit it back to them. And then right. they came jumping over, over the, the net and they attacked net us. And yeah. started fighting. And then we thought fighting was part of the game. And then we're fighting and it was a disaster. She's like, you're, you, you both are confined to your quarters for now. Yeah. But it wasn't just us. She, when she reads it, Kim says, well, things got a little out of hand. And Janeway says, a little out of hand. Seven Voyager crewmen, including two bridge officers, along with 13 Kimbori and one Morfinian cafe owner, all arrested. So this is a huge to-do. It was a brawl. Basically, it was a riot slash brawl that began yes. because of Paris and Kim. So we are, we are confined to quarters after we go to sickbay to get uh, fixed up. And um, and I just love that's such a great ending uh, ending little tag where yeah she stops us as we're leaving. Did you she win? Goes, yeah, did you win? Yeah, Paris did says, you win? Paris yeah. says, "Oh yes, oh yes, ma'am." So you got your yes, ma'am in, and then Kim says, "We kicked their rackets," which is a nice little <laughs> amp in yeah. dialogue there, and that's we're dismissed. Cute. Yeah, but again, so we head out. Good scene. We very good scene. We yeah. head out. Seven's coming. Seven in. Seven comes in. Yes, that's right. And she tells Janeway they still have a gap in their memories. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, maybe the collective didn't want them to remember. You know, they sort of speculate on like, why can't right. they remember? What What is this missing gap in time? Maybe the collective didn't want them to remember, uh, but there's still three of them linked together. Right. And, um, and Seven says, well, what if I get linked with them? Maybe I can help fill in the gaps. Right. And, you know. And they talk about the dangers of, maybe she gets locked into this triad, which then will become a quartet basically yes, where that she yeah. can't get out of it. And seven says that she feels not compelled, but she feels um, almost what's the word I'm looking for. Um, indebted to um, yeah, something like that, you know, where she feels, yeah, yeah she feels like this is part of she her wants duty. To help these former yeah, she wants drones. To help them. Exactly. And Janeway says at the end of the scene, she says, there's an old saying seven, mm. Blood is thicker than water. Yep. Sometimes for friends, we're willing to, you know, go above and beyond and do things. That's I got to comment on two things in the scene. Yep. One thing is the lighting seemed very different in, in a ready room to me. I don't know what it was, but it seemed very other episodes? moody. Other yeah. Okay. But it was nice. I liked it, but it seemed. And then I thought, well, why is it different? Oh, but maybe because we're at the space station. But then I started oh, thinking yeah. through the logic and I was like, the outside, when we've seen the ship docked, yeah. we know where the bridge is and the ready room is on the right side of the ship, yeah. or at least would face that way. We should see out the windows of Janeway's ready room, the, station. the space station. And we, well, we don't see the station. But maybe they were lighting it like it was around the corner, yeah. but it would have been cool. Yeah, I, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. You yes. could have seen out the windows of her ready room, the, the space station out there and had some cool different lighting. So. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, the, the lighting sort of threw me and it led me down that rabbit hole of why? Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, there could have been that. So, yeah. Anyway, anywho, next scene, we go to the hallway. Yeah. Uh, this is Naomi catching up to seven. This is where I noticed that low angle, I think. <laughs> yeah. It was like she was so short, seven, <laughs> seven was so tall. But she says, uh, Naomi says, you know, I heard about these drones and um did they hurt you she's concerned yeah she's Seven concerned. Says I'm not damaged yeah um they're seeking information from me i'm uncertain whether i can help them and naomi is like well be careful and then out of the blue seven looks at naomi and says naomi do you consider me to be family mm -hmm. naomi says well I, yes is that okay and seven's like i have no objection and naomi goes do you think of me as family and seven says yes so it's a cute little scene right there between scene, those and, two. Yeah, and you see seven is starting to understand this blood is thicker than water saying that mm -hmm. you know that 
that friendship and connection and and all of that is really growing for seven yeah. in she's this starting to get it on then. voyager yeah. yeah we got a captain's log supplemental she says that seven of nine has decided to undergo the procedure that will link her mind with the other drones Despite mm -hmm. the risk involved, she feels an obligation to help these distant cousins, is how she says it. Mm -hmm. And now we're back in Cargo Bay 2, and the doctor is also in Cargo Bay 2. Yes. He he's going to yeah, he's he's, monitor. He, say, he says he's going to monitor. The beginning of the scene was funny to me, though, because how? the doctor and Seven were standing in the foreground uh, looking at each other. Yeah. And as we cut into the scene, all of a sudden the drones, it was like, they were in a football huddle and it was like action. And they just started walking, spreading out. I was like, what were they doing that suddenly they, yeah. at this particular moment, they right. decided they have to start walking just yeah. as the doctor starts speaking. It would have been better if they hung out together for, yeah. you know, a little yeah, while and yeah. then yeah. drifted. Over. It just felt a little like blocking to me. Yeah. That first scene. Oh my God. Uh, the first moment of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he says he's going to monitor, but he may not be able to help her. He may yeah. not be able to do anything. Right. He's, he's concerned. He's concerned, but she's so. good with it. She steps over. I love this moment of ready, ready, ready. You know, yeah. they kind of one after the yeah. other mm -hmm. line up and turn and step into their alcoves. Yeah. Um, and my, and my note here was like, that's why we have extra alcoves for this episode. For this right episode. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered why do we yeah, have we don't so really many need that many outcomes? Yeah. <laughs> no. Exactly. So the, now we have a flashback back to, back to the planet surface. Yep. Right. And yeah. And the crash, yeah. the the fire. Uh, there's a sound. Then uh, we 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 kind of roll through all the stuff we've seen so far with a crash, but then um, we hear a sound, and Seven starts walking away from this fire alone. And it's beep, mm -hmm. beep, 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 kind of beeping sound. Mm -hmm. And she finds this this injured drone, yes, all by himself, yeah. and he's bleeding. Yeah, and there's a really you can see the fear, and like Seven is really emotional, and mm -hmm. the drone looks is dying and looks into her eyes and dies while he's looking into her eyes, and yeah. you can see her just freaking out and very emotional and uh she comes back she returns back to the fire and that board i guess they had a like a emergency beacon or something yeah yeah four of nine says uh the collective has located us the board vessel is on its way uh and you goes, see this object it's like a suitcase so it's got lights on it and it's yeah, beeping in yeah, the foreground yeah seven says we'll be one again with the borg and two von armstrong says nope I do not want to rejoin the collective. And four is right there with, with two. Four mm -hmm. goes agreed. Seven is like, that's a violation of protocols. Three is like, forget the protocols. You're not a drone. You're a person like us. You have a name, a life. All you have to do is embrace who you really mm -hmm. are. And seven's like, no, no, I don't exist uh, without uh, part of the, the greater group, yeah. the collective. I'm the, I'm, that is who I am. Um, and uh, this goes on for a little bit back and forth until two picks up the communications beacon and just destroys it, throws it on the ground. Yep. You know, he's like, you know, this is not going to happen. Um, and seven is, is <laughs> seven response error input in, failure. In, yeah. Yes. Input error. Yeah. And she's not happy. Okay. Now we kind of have a, a little bit of a montage here of like seven left alone. She's yeah. pacing around by the fire. Right. She's getting herself wound up. Because they've uh, all left. Remember, all, all left. three have said, we're leaving. If you want to rejoin the collective, hang out here. And seven doesn't leave. She's, she's yeah, go ahead. She's pacing. Yeah, she's pacing around. She doesn't leave. And then finally, she's like, starts walking into the, into the woods, into the jungle. Yeah. And uh, I think she, first she finds four and um yeah puts and tubes into his neck and mm -hmm. into uh, his now this is important the nano uh, she injects the tubules into his left side of his of yeah his that's neck right because these nanoprobes are going to create a new interlink interlink node in your left hemisphere yeah so now and she says this to him right mm -hmm. she says it while she's doing it while exactly. she's doing it yeah Okay. And then we see two kind of running or hiding behind a tree. Yeah. And when he came up and his arm went up on the tree, he has this cool mechanical. Yeah, it went, it came <laughs> open. And then, it, yeah. yeah, that was super cool. That was pretty cool. That, that was a practical gag. That was very cool. Mm -hmm. But she does get him, assimilates him, or puts these nodes into his left 
hemisphere of his brain, right. does the same to three, mm-hmm. and then ultimately makes all three of them state their name and their primary function. And yeah. they do now say to, their primary function is to serve the collective. Right. And then she orders them repair the communications beacon. That's right. That they're going to rejoin the collective. They're going to wait for this, this uh, rescue team. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to Cargo Bay out of this flashback, this memory that we've seen, and we see what happened. And she's the one that did it. And they're all sort of yelling at her. It's like a, it's it's this shot of their faces. They're all up in her face, and they're two, three, four. Yeah, blaming her. I wonder if they scripted all of this, or if they had them just sort of improving. I don't know. I doubt they had them improving. Probably not. Yeah. But they were, um, yeah, the camera's whipping. And yeah. then finally, Seven says, somebody help me. She yells, somebody help me. Right. And that's when uh, Tuvok enters. And uh, the doctor says that they, what does he say? He says something he says like somehow that. they broke their link with Seven and yeah. they're, they're malfunctioning. Malfunctioning. So he, he says, help me get them to sick base. So now they are, so clearly they were not, um still in that there's yeah they're still in there they're still in the alcove so that image of them yelling at her is basically they're in her mind yelling yeah that's what i assumed right so yeah they weren't physically doing that but they uh they did break the link they're malfunctioning they have to go to sick bay um we now are in sick bay and the doctor is essentially informing um seven that uh yeah once they broke that link now they really if we revive them essentially they're going to have a couple of weeks left of, of lifespan. That's it. Yeah. Because um, it, it's everything's broken right now, but we can save their lives if we reintegrate them and return them to the collective. Mm-hmm. And seven's like, Oh yeah. You know, you can look the look on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not happy uh, that this is what's going to, this is the other option. And the doctor keeps saying, but they'd he be says, alive. This is- this is yeah. my job. My responsibility is to prolong their lives yeah. as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And then we jump to the astrometrics lab where Seven is still struggling with this decision and Chakotay's there. And there's this huge conversation between Seven and Chakotay talking about what to do with these drones, you know? So Chakotay says, why did you act differently when this happened? Mm-hmm. Like why they had a certain reaction. They wanted to be individuals. Why did you not want to be an individual why did you want to stay part of the collective and she says she's starting to realize finally it's because she was assimilated as a little girl yeah so her memories just weren't as deep like she didn't have so much to draw on that was drawing these people to their lives their names who they were and also her memories were of 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 being afraid as a little girl correct and she yeah she says she panicked yes like when she started having memories of of her childhood yeah she started panicking and yeah. so she and implanted these nanoprobes in their left hemisphere to create, to, to bind them back together. So she, she wouldn't be alone, you know? Yeah, and a so lot she, of that happened. I think the trigger was seeing the, the drone die in front of her. That drone dying in front of her yep. caused her to just think about her own mortality and dying and yep. being alone uh, with no sound of any drones to comfort her. So that's what made her force the other drones to return to the collective. And Chakotay's like, well, you know, you were overwhelmed by feelings that you couldn't begin to understand. So you're not responsible for that. But Seven goes, well, because of what I did, now they're going to be forced to live the rest of their lives in the collective. So she feels, you know, a lot of guilt right now. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I find really interesting in this scene is she sort of reveals that she erased the evidence of yeah. doing this, of, of, you know, putting these nanoprobes in their left hemisphere, whatever. Mm-hmm. Her plan was was to bind them back together and then not get caught and she's remember she's like this this situation has caused her to have to remember and face some of those things and chakotay at the end of the scene ultimately says a month is an individual or a lifetime is a drone what would you choose and that's he leaves her with that yeah like if you could have a short amount of time but truly be yourself. That's right. Or a lifetime as sort of a prisoner, what would you choose? That, that's right. that to me, that's the heart of the episode. Yeah. I thought this was a nice scene too between Beltran and Jerry. There was nice relaxed chemistry in the scene. It was nice to 
it feels like the I've beginnings. I've never seen him that relaxed before because he's yeah, sitting. He was, he's, he's sitting on the Astrometrics platform there. Yeah, just kind of casually agree. leaned over and leaning I was like, on wow, his. Yeah, it's just not quintessential Chicote. Yeah, uh, it's very different. Very different. But I liked it. I liked that scene yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, then we go back to sick bay. This is where Seven returns. She yeah. says, "Survival." We're in the doctor's is, office. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, she says, "Survival is insufficient." Um, yeah. terminate this link let them be individuals right and this is where the doctor says you know his responsibility is to prolong their lives as long as possible and he asks seven he goes are you doing what's really right for the others are you doing the best thing for them or are you just trying to alleviate your guilt now that you have finally remembered what you did and the fact you tried to hide it and all that but she kind of comes back. She says, you know, doctor, once, once upon a time, you were a lot like a drone. You were yeah. stuck, stuck in the sick bay. Yeah. You couldn't get out. Your program is very limited in yeah. your experience. Yeah. But yet you were allowed to grow, yes. grow your program and explore your potential. Yeah. And she says in the scene, there's a nice connection between the two of them of, you know, only you and I can understand that doctor, mm-hmm. which being technological kind of characters that's true you know very Mm -hmm. true Mm -hmm. we go out to space next i think voyager's still docked there Mm -hmm. um and we come back into the mess hall and there are our uh with no lights it seems yeah it's very very dark dark. yeah (laughs) they're all standing by the windows our three x drones are standing by the windows and it's quiet for a minute and then three says it's so quiet (laughs) And we start to, you start to realize, oh, they did it. They right. disconnected them. And then four and then, says, I had no idea you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what you're, either of you were thinking. So it's really, it's, it's bliss. It's yeah, true bliss. All three for of them feel oh, like they're, they, they seem like they're in bliss. It's a nice. They love it. It's, it's they a, love it. I was actually moved by this moment where yeah. they were I mean, discovering their individuality for right. the first time. Yeah, they got three weeks, maybe four weeks max, and they know it. They know that this is the end. They've of the been line. told that. Yeah, they know that, but they yeah. are absolutely in a state of just, like I said, bliss. I mean, there's yeah. nothing else to explain it. They're so happy that they're like that, um, and everyone says we're they're, they're off. Two says I'm gonna, I'm gonna go see the space station. I'm gonna meet new people. I'm gonna fill my life with life again, and. In the time that I have left, four says I'm leaving. Also, I'm going to a, an uninhabited planet, only a few light years from here. But I'm going to spend my my final days in nature, out in the open air, outdoors. Yeah, yeah, outdoors. That's all. He hugs three, turns to seven, and he says, "You know, my people don't believe in grudges. We don't hold grudges. So I wish you well, seven of nine. And seven says, "Thank you." Uh, four leaves. Three turns to uh, uh, seven and basically says. Uh, we realize she's Bajoran, right? So she yep. says it's nice to be on a Federation starship again because she also served as a yeah. Starfleet crew member in engineering. Um, she I says guess she on wants the, to on the Excalibur, right? She so, wants to stay here on, on Voyager. Voyager, yeah. And, and she says, says, she says to Seven, though, I can't. I know I can't forgive you. Yeah, uh, but I understand why you did what you did, which is yeah. a nice kind of. It's 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 a sense of understanding. Of, yeah. of why Seven did what she did. Yeah. And by the way, there was uh, the hug with four. The yeah, I, I feel like he's the younger one. Yeah, the uh, hug between four and three. You mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it was between. It was that. Yes, it was yeah, that. Yeah, he hug. hugs. He hugs three, and then turns to seven, and, and then leaves afterwards. What about? Yeah, it, it was very emotional to me. I just found wow. that moment to be, yeah, I, you know, just just to kind of get a sense of what the the. Um, experience would be for these characters exactly. i really i really liked it a lot yeah had Very a lot of heart ahead. in it mm-hmm. um Great. we go to astrometrics for our last scene and there's seven working away as she does naomi comes in and wants to hang out and basically she says i just want to spend time with family yeah well naomi says i thought you might like some company and yeah and, uh, seven asks why Naomi says, well, because of what happened with these drones and seven goes, well, I see that word travels quickly. And Naomi says, small ship, but I thought maybe you might just want to spend a little time with some family. And I, I felt it. like this last scene, because the, the last image of the episode is seven, we're behind seven and Naomi, seven steps over to the console to start working. And Naomi just steps up beside her shoulder to shoulder. 
But I wish that they, we had stayed on that image for a minute and then cut into a tight shot of Naomi's hand going over and just grabbing Seven's hand and holding her hand. To me, that would have been yeah. icing on the cake to feel yeah. like Naomi knows that Seven needs some family love and you know blood is yeah. thicker than water and all those themes it would have been a nice detail as opposed to we were so far back yeah it was pretty to look at the you know the backs of of them together but it sure. would have been nice to get in a little tighter yeah it would have been nice um, tag a moment to have that hand holding i agree with yeah. you yeah 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 all right what's your lesson from this entire episode what are you getting out of this my lesson is the quality of a life and the freedom to choose your own life is more important than how long you live to me. It's, mm -hmm. you know, you can live forever, but if you're miserable, like what's the point, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I'd rather have true authentic happiness and feel fulfilled and have a shorter life than to live forever and be miserable. Mm. That was kind of my, my lesson. Yeah. What about that. you? Uh, mine's more related to the very, why this whole conundrum, why this whole situation even started in the first place, which is seven of nine's fear. You know, just, yeah. And so the, the lesson really is not to let fear consume you because fear does make you do things that are irrational, that can cause, you know, major issues like this, like these, these three yep. drones were linked uh, against their will um, yep and it happened because seven let her fear overcome her so yep. really just yep. keep fear in check and realize i just realize fear can make you do things that are, that will ultimately mm -hmm. be uh, not a very good outcome so i like uh, that be careful that's great yeah. nice. okay my rating for this episode yes I liked moments in this episode, but I got to say overall, it didn't have a lot of our cast involved. Okay. And to go back to my, um, my rule of a good episode, it involves yeah. all of us. So I'm going to give this a seven. Okay. It's not, it's not a bad episode. It's just not as good as it could have been. I think. Okay. I'm going to go higher than you. I want to go 7.5. Okay. I'm going to go 7.5. Yeah. Let's see what our Admiral and captain's average rating for survival instinct is yeah 7.3 <laughs> right kinda, in between right us between the, we're doing it again <laughs> right between us i like that's it. crazy i like it wow all right i'll go with that thank uh, you admirals and captains for your ratings i feel like we're we're all kind of between garrett and myself and yeah. you guys we're we're, we're all in the same ballpark. Yeah. We're getting close. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in for this week's episode of the Delta Flyers. Join us next week when Robbie and I discuss the episode Barge of the Dead. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> mm. Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. <laughs>